Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's podcast, Star Wars Legacy of the Force. We are now looking at The Last Jedi, that's number eight, and this is where the story ends. This is the ending. There's no other movie after this one. It's been a long, long process, and we're finally at the end. Nathan, how do you feel? Um, I feel right, Mary. I, I feel I feel right. Like like we've gotten to a point now where we know these characters. We we've had a we've had a few bumps in the road, but uh it feels good to actually be here and um be able to say that uh we did it. We completed a series. It's uh it's incredible um at the end of the day. Yeah, because well, yeah, Looking back on the mountain of what we've done, I, I feel a sense of peace and calm. I feel a sense of accomplishment. I'm going to tell you that much. Yeah, uh, we, we've made it to the end. There are there are no other movies after this one. It's uh, I thought that it was a very daring choice to end on eight instead of, you know, doing a three, three, three thing. But, you know, yeah. it, it kind of works. It works. It really works. You know, eight is better than seven. You know, let's leave with our heads held high. I, and we, we got normal lightsabers back. That's right. We, we got real characters. We got like action out of the gate. Like it's... We, we got stuff in this movie. Exactly, we got stuff. Exactly. Stuff that we wanted in Seven, we got here. And I think they made the right choice ending it on a high note. I absolutely agree. Yeah. We still have one more movie, don't we? Shut up. You were the one who was doing the intro and then, oh my God, you decided to go and ruin it. You ruined it. You ruined <laughs> You're it the one who tells crap. me our ones of fans will notice. Well, yes, of course, our ones of fans will know, but that doesn't mean that we can't live in abject denial for another hour and a half. Okay, we'll live in abject denial. Uh, so this is an episode. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today at this <laughs> Death Pixie final cut production, co-production. I am Miri, as always. And with me is my wonderful compatriot, Nathan yep. Crabsworth the living embodiment of R2-D2 and a human being. Thank you. I thought you said I was going to hate this. I, I like this so far. This is good. Where does the hate come? Well, I decided I would do the plot spoiler and I'm going to try to do it in under a minute. Oh, God. So get ready. Hang on to your hats. <clears throat> so the text scroll is like, wait! And on the planet, we go like, boom. And then there's escape that's like, bam. And then there's an explosion like, boom. And then there's light speed, view. And then there's training, whack. And then there's a casino, wah. And then there's running, brrrr. And then we've got like big fights, boom, boom, bang, bang. Then we get to a planet, pata. Then there's a fight there, vram, 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 vram. And a bunch of people die, ah! And then Ghost Luke is all like, bleh. And that's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Okay. So I got a question. Why the hell did we do this before? That's the best plot summary ever. It's the best plot summary ever. Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god. Um one change though. 
um, that I have to make, and uh, it's it's for the benefit of everyone. Three PO goes. Oh, ought to. Oh God, why? Why would you say that? I've I've got no idea. I got a delivery of banana bread, which makes me happy. Which means my energy levels are going to go up as we do this. And Nathan oh, loves when that that's happens. Great. No, no, it, it's legitimately great. No, seriously. When uh, Miri gets a uh, delivery of banana bread or anything um, sugary, her energy spikes, and then we get more. Whee! And all I can think to myself is, oh, sweet, a podcast off. This is going to be great. I'm actually in a much better mood uh, coming out of eight than I was coming out of seven. As, as am I. As I, like, am I. Like eight had legitimately good things. It, it really, it really, truly did. I know that you loved the movie. I did not. But I can honestly say. I didn't say had- love. My... My love will always be with Empire Strikes Back. Oh, your 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 ratings say different. I can't help it. They they fed into what I like in my sci-fi. I'm sorry. I'm they pandered to me. I'm sorry. And it looked so pretty. It looked so pretty. The backdrops were like a painting, and the contrast of the white whoa, 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 with the whoa, whoa, whoa. red salt. What is the backdrops? So when is the backdrops looking like a painting? A good thing. Do you remember the window safe screen of death? That was the window safe screen of death. I like it that when it looks, looks artistic like because you have to remember I'm old. I grew up on movies with painted backdrops. I love the stylization. They suckered me in. And then John Williams made a new theme and it was lovely. And Leia actually did stuff. And Rose was an awesome character. Like Rose they suckered awesome. me in, Nathan. And Leia actually did stuff. She actually did stuff. She bitch slapped someone. She bitch slapped someone, Nathan. And oh my God, she stunned someone, Nathan. She stunned someone. She went to a stupid flight school, Nathan. A stupid flight school because of stupid Leia, which is a total betrayal. You promised we would do this. We would settle that debate I, later. I We're understand. Spend time. That's why I stopped. That's why I We're stopped. We're going to have a time. I, uh, Are I you saying you fight. didn't like the Luke Kylo fight? Are you saying you didn't? I, oh, oh like sorry. Spoiler fight. alert for everybody. Spoilers. Spoilers abound. Yes, right, right. The, the, the like six people who are watching this and trying to decide, oh, should we watch Star Wars? I don't know. I don't, let's talk about these two random people on the internet think. Oh yeah, no, that's only a good idea. No, I love the Luke Kylo fight. I really, truly did. It was one of the first fights and the only fight so far that harkened back to the original trilogy way of fighting where it's more psychological than anything else. Um, I do have one, I do have one question for you because I know you're getting high off of banana bread right now and I want to kind of feed into it. Um, so, so I think the Luke Kylo fight would have been better if Luke wasn't a force projection, if he had just shown up and if he had dodged all the uh, murder attempts and then uh, said uh, to Kylo, if you strike me down in anger, I'll be with you forever. And so Kylo does. And then uh, Luke goes into a Joker laugh. 
because you all right, well, exactly well, if we're, if we're getting a Joker laugh, I want me some uh, some Leia Harley Quinn then. Like, <laughs> you want? Okay, how in the heck would that even work? I'm, I'm interested. I want to know more. I've said this before, and I'll say it again. My wackadoodle theories don't make sense. I have no logic for them. They make you just sense. have to accept that they're entertaining. I, I want to. I want to know how Harley gets there. I mean, with Luke, I've got with Luke, I've got like pre Rex. Okay, we got Mark Hamill. Okay, that's that's all the pre Rex I need. Okay. After the death of everyone and the acceptance of her son, Leia's just like, fuck it. I'm doing this for me now, which is basically <laughs> Harley. She's not so you're, going, so you're going to have Carrie. Oh, my God. Can you imagine Carrie Fisher doing the Harley Quinn voice? Um, <laughs> yes. And it would be awesome. You want to know what's funny? Um, you can't see this because we're on camera with each other. Her eyes like just lit up. It was like bulge. She was like, oh my god. I'm getting sugar. Yum, 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 yum. Hey, Don't do Luke. drugs, kids. Just carefully hey, eat sugar. It's, it's true. You should really watch your own sugar. All I can think now is, hey, Luke, you want to get some pudding, pudding? I'm not hung, Carrie. <laughs> Also, could so, you imagine letting those two just improvise their hearts out? Oh my god! Oh god! Because oh unfiltered Carrie is amazing, right? So you and, could, un, and Mark Hamill is the Joker Mark. is yeah. amazing. Uh, yeah, unfiltered Mark is amazing. So what we're so, saying yeah, it is, would, it would nine, nine should have been Ghost uh, Mark. Hamill as the Joker and uh, Carrie Fisher as Harley Quinn as Leia. So that that's what we're so, saying nine should have been. So basically, and we don't we don't even care how you did Carrie Fisher at all, really. We, we just care that that's what happened. So basically nine opens up, you get the text scroll by J.J. Abrams that nobody likes. And then all of a sudden, so you really want to watch the movie or do you want to talk to us? Huh? Hey, sis! <laughs> hey, hey, as the reply to your new rebellion, huh? Well, I don't really know, Puddin. I mean, I've got like three people who actually do something for me. I, I don't know. Maybe I ought to rev up the old Harley. <laughs> oh, God. At least you don't have a giant bat following you around everywhere. No, no, no. Harrison Ford did. Really? Yeah, it was on the set of Jedi. Uh, he followed me around with a bat to fend off Lucas. Really? You know, I never knew that. Well, no, you were basically working with David Prowse, hon. Ah, I see. Y'all can tell how much we don't want to watch Nine. <laughs> So, so basically, please bring back Carrie Fisher from the dead and uh, fund a movie within the next week um, of just um, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher riffing. Because you can't tell me Mark wouldn't do it. Uh, also, if you can bring back uh, Harrison Ford just to follow Carrie Fisher around with a bat oh, and uh, fend off uh, fend off George Lucas. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Because Harley has hyenas, right? Yes. Does does. Does she get a hyena? 
Or does well, she get like a space hyena with well, like I three heads? I thought that's what the Ewoks were for on Endor. Oh my God. You're right. Right? That's perfect. That's I perfect. Know. We we have now designed the perfect nine. I yep. And you're all here for the historical event of us creating it. And plus, if you want to feed into nostalgia, hey, look, your Ewoks. <laughs> They're slightly more feral now. But what can you do? Only slight. They have only- slightly more rabies. But we're gonna <laughs> <laughs> only slightly. Only slightly. We're not. We're not going to change things too much. Yeah, just a little bit. Just, just they're, so still, they're still under Carrie Fisher's command. You're fine. Yeah. Just, you know, when she sleeps, don't bother the Ewoks. Simple, simple rule. And <laughs> so do, do you want to do we want to actually go into our whole like, this is what we thought going into this movie, you know, so like. I- I'm gonna, adults so, who have a podcast and a formula. I know. Um, so I was going to kind of say where we stand overall, because I think this movie was probably our most devices. Device. Oh. See, the sugar's kicking in. I can't pronounce words. It's divisive. Uh, yeah, divisive between the two of us. Between the yes. two of us. Um, in terms of that divisiveness among the fan base, I don't want to go into it at all. I, I, a lot of the the arguments against this movie turn into, um, uncomfortable territory. Let's say and, at, at, and, uh, at times, yes, yeah, at times there's uncomfortable territory being covered here, and it's not really critique and. Yeah, so we're just not even going to address it, but it was divisive between the two of us, but I think we can see each other's perspectives. Um, my rem- So I'm going to do my remembered impression, and so are you. And then I'd yep. like to say what our updated impression is, because I think that's going to make more sense with our perspectives as we talk. Yes, about it. yes, absolutely. Um, right. So do you want to actually wait? I did the spoiler. How about you do your remembered impressions first? Do you want me to bring up the timer? See if you um, can do this in 45? There's no way I'm I'm looking at the amount I've written. There's no way I'm going to do this in uh, in 45 seconds. Okay. Do you want me to go first then? Uh, if you wouldn't mind, yes. Okay. I I I need to be able to get my uh, I need to be able to get my thoughts together for this. Um. So what I remembered, what I remembered, um, it took risks. It tried to ground the fantastic into real world issues. It opened up the world to the notion of people playing on both sides. Uh, Rose was a big plus for me. Luke and Leia having the first time we see them as siblings in this new trilogy. It's beautiful. I'm here for it. I love it. Uh, Finn becomes a character outside of the forced love story that should have never existed. Uh, Ray has flaws and is portrayed at times as overly idealistic, which further grounds her. Uh, love, old man Luke, it really makes sense with what he's gone through. Um, there's a whole notion of when to trust, when to follow, when to sacrifice. A couple issues with the portrayal of that, but stuff that I felt uh, could be easily solved. It felt actually true to the older characters. We get a moment of Kylo having actual remorse, not from love, but from connection and familial love and from this feeling of being alone. Um, I do think that the, I did think, 
this changed. This could have set him up as being responsible for killing both Luke and Leia at the end of the movie. Luke on purpose and Leia as some form of self-sacrifice that he doesn't understand, which would then carry into the third film, where he has to face the reality of what he's done and reflect on self-fulfilling prophecy and the fact that his mom and dad never really gave up on him. I'm saving my last point to the end. So that's what I remember. That's what I remember. All right. So before I before I begin, um, just a bit of story time. Uh, so I couldn't see the sucker in theaters um, because a uh, during its premiere, I was bogged down. I was currently doing my master's program at the time, and I was uh, talking to uh, one of my friends' fiance. Uh, shout out to uh, Michael Lopez, and he told me that the Last Jedi was a tale of three movies. So you've got the Ray, Luke, Kylo stuff you want to see a weird casino plot and a boring spy plot. And that's kind of how I remember the movie for better or worse. And even then that's still my impressions to this day when I look, when I look at it, but I think where the movie has really shown for me is the better part. The um, Ray Luke Kylo stuff is really really good like when this stuff is good it is fantastic and that is not something i can say about seven outside of harrison ford so yeah we are the stuff is good it's it's really good it's true to the characters as well um for the most part there are a few things in there that yeah i can understand why the fan base is a little bit uh wants to destroy it with fire, wants to burn it to the ground sort of thing. But it's really not as bad as some people on the internet can make it out to be. And those are really all my amended thoughts on the movie to this point, as Miri's just looking idly by, waiting for me to stop, waiting for me to think to myself, oh my God in heaven, when will I ever stop this is one of my favorite movies of all time. The social commentary is really great. And everything is it's, it's not one of my favorite movies of all time, but I think the best way to describe our divisiveness is eight for me is like three was for you. Yeah, that's that's and what I, I can. And I can completely and I can completely agree with that. Like, I, I think that that's that's the reality of of what it <laughs> of the our difference our difference yeah. on the, on this movie is simply put three is for you what eight is for me and vice versa like that's now before we get into this i've i've got another question for you because i think this is a wasted opportunity and i know how much you like this character so i want to get your reaction out of the way right now um you know how um Master Yoda appears to Luke, which, by the way, even cynical old ass Luke, who is tired of the Jedi and tired of that way of life and sees its damages, still addresses Master Yoda as Master Yoda window. Um, what if instead of that scene being Luke and Yoda, what if it was Luke and sassy Obi-Wan? Why don't you just get you and McGregor back? And basically pull, hey, Luke, you, boy, does that look familiar, huh? Huh? Quiet, um, Ben. I'm, I'm just saying, it, it's rather uncivilized. Oh, shut up. Um, so here's the thing. 
I fucking loved Yoda in this. I I loved. I, we got. So here's the thing that you have to remember is for us, even though we watched this in chronological order, it there's still that impression of what of how it was released, the released order. So getting mischievous Yoda back was just so so great and also I I love practical effects so much. I so love hey. them so much. It's magical. But that being said, that being said, I would, really like, I would have really liked me some sassy, sassy Obi-Wan. I, I think that like, would have Bring been. back you and McGregor. Bring back you and McGregor. Uh, but the thing is, I'm kind of like, would it be better to have sassy Obi-Wan after this meaningful conversation with Yoda? Like, just like, I'm cutting you down now. <laughs> you've had this growth. This, this, you, this you've is had this peace, and now I'm coming in Ben's and revenge. you down. Yeah. Like, I, I, you know what? I'll buy Ben's revenge. The, the one thing I don't like, I know why you like the characterization of, of uh, Mischievous Yoda. I don't like Yoda just conjuring fire and burning down the entire thing. I really don't. Okay, so so and it, it's, 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 so it's a, here here's something for the folks at home that they they may not yeah. know, but I'm sure we've mentioned it. We used to work together, like yes. side by side, shared a desk, work together, yes. and we used to joke about making the office a wasteland. Uh, then I I changed offices very sadly. I tried to bring Nathan over with me, and it didn't happen, and I was no. very upset about that. But so. My my destructive tendencies increased without Nathan. So it went from a wasteland to be being like, I'm going to print out all of these projects that are digital and burn them. And I'm going to set a bonfire in the middle of the building. Oh my God. So there was a lot of catharsis for me in that moment. <laughs> that may have overshadowed my feelings on the Yoda characterization. Holy crap! <laughs> yeah, there was. What is what is wrong? I didn't know that. Yeah, I. What is <laughs> wrong with you? That's what when I changed Wait, offices. With, this without, is what the new office did around, to me. This is what without I be around to keep you pure. You decided to just burn everything. Yeah. First of all, I should never be keeping anybody pure. Let's, let's, let's start right there. That's the first problem with all this. The the, the second problem, your your mind just goes, burn. Yep. Burn it all down. Yeah, so there there was there was quite a bit of catharsis like had, with me in I'm, that sequence. So much catharsis. I was fine with the conversation too. It's just the actual act of burning it. Yeah, rather than I, just leaving it there and like not touching it again, like look, still being respectful of it. That th this uh, this new office has changed me, and I don't think it's for the better because I saw that and I was like, "Fuck yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah!" That's what I would do. I get it. I understand you. We're burning this to the ground because because for me it goes into. No physical manifestation controls uh, what you, how you use the force. You don't friggin' need a building. You can just believe. You can just use it. And also, well, that's why stupid, stupid flight school. Work. I'm sorry. No, but 
but more than that, more than uh, that was a half-assed justification, by the way, because the true reason is, yes, burn. I understand it. I understand you, Yoda. You get me in my burning tendencies. And this is what the new office has turned me into. See, I understand um, why Luke in a moment of just like, complete failure because Luke throughout this whole movie is extremely cynical um, and at times it is very very difficult to be him because he's so relatable he's so believable in a split second he wants to burn it down he almost immediately reconsiders and then here's Yoda set force lightning to it I will boom bam see here's the thing um for all the for all those fanboys who think that Luke's character was betrayed, here's where here's where I'm going to placate you just a little bit. No, he wouldn't have thrown the lightsaber away. He would have never thrown away part of his heritage. He would have never done that. Yes, he could have, and he even said in his hubris that he may have been able to strike down Ben Solo. He would have thought that for a split second. We saw that in Jedi, how easily he could think of that when his family, when the entire way of life was being threatened. We like, I'm sorry. If you don't think that Luke could have done that, you haven't watched Jedi. And I can say that as somebody who loves Jedi, Um, you know, yes, it could easily be that he's become disenfranchised with the Jedi way of thinking after living that life for decades on end and seeing that in spite of the Jedi being much more pure than it was, you still had the rise of a new evil in the First Order. Regardless of what Luke did, that would kill anybody's optimism, even somebody like Luke Skywalker. And what makes Luke's character work for me, unsurprisingly, is that his optimism, his sense of well-being, his sense of right and wrong, is never affected. He has just become more wizened to the world, which I've always thought is a good move. And you can see his good come out with R2-D2 and with Leia. All the time through. So I don't know if you actually had a set formula for this, Miri, but I feel like we're getting... We're getting into it. So I'm actually going to completely... I loved Luke's character. I get it. I get it so much. And I think it's, I think it's because we, we've been there ourselves where you've worked so hard for something and And it'll never come. Yeah. It'll never come or it'll never happen. I I've also been there in terms of like the disenfranchisement with a system and being like, I tried to not only operate in it, but change it. And still, still, the the same things repeat, the same stuff happens. It's It beats on you. And I completely get where Luke is. I completely get it. I even, I actually even get that kind of, I don't want any of this throw it away thing. Cause I've done that. I, I've had points in my life where I've just gone scorched earth and like gotten rid of things like massive things so i completely and how the hell am i still here you're not a thing you're a person are you sure i mean 
If you're an Android, you're really convincing. Thank you. My programming has really allowed me to just reach out and feel all the branches, all the life of an Android. <laughs> reach out and touch people? <laughs> yes. But I completely... Sometimes when we touch, <laughs> the honesty is too much. I'm sorry, I had to. Um, so I just, I want to talk about overall impressions before we get into it. And I think you're right to start with Luke. Luke, Luke is kind of the, the crux of this. Yes, he is. Um, but in terms of overall impressions, there was one thing that I struggled with in this movie. And I know you mentioned it when we did Seven. I really struggled with remembering that this is the middle of three parts. To me, yeah. I kept reading it as its own thing. I kept reading it as the beginning. I kept reading it as um, reimagining of Star Wars and all this stuff. Like it's, and I think that's why for me, it's, it's your three, because I kept getting into it to the point that I was forgetting that there's a seven and a nine, forgetting that it's part of a whole. So with that in mind, overall, well, it does have flaws. They are fixed with minor, minor tweaks that do not affect the overall story. It's not, and why I could, they're not necessarily minor in the sense of what they change. They're minor in the sense that they don't change the beats of the story. That's where I mean that they're minor. Um, in addition, my notes were closer to what I took for three, four, five, and six, which already kind of reflects that to me, it's a better movie. Um, and I, I am such a, I've, I had to alter this slightly. I am such a sucker. I am such a sucker for exciting social commentary in my sci-fi. And yes, yes, I know. I know one, two, and three definitely have that, especially about the, the separation of um, church from government. I do want to say that if you really want to overanalyze the the burning of the tree and stuff like that, you could make the argument of the notion that religion and belief exist outside of institutions, but that's not what we do here. So I'm not going into that. That's not what we do here. Um, I do. And now for a deep philosophical discussion about trees. Burn it! <laughs> I know that's not what we do here, so I'm not going into it. Yeah, so overall, I, I actually wish this was the first one. I really wish this was the first one. Um, probably because I don't think we we need an origin, a quote unquote origin story again in Star Wars. Like, let's dive in into the action. Um, and yeah, so that also they tried to fix if I view it as part of seven and nine, they really tried to fix a bunch of the issues in seven. And they really tried to take the good of the original trilogy and do something new with it. Was it done as well as we saw in Empire Strikes Back? Nope. No, but with some tweaks, it could have come close. Uh, yeah, I don't, I believe I, it would need far more than tweaks. 
I said, again, I say tweaks in the sense that it wouldn't have changed the overall beats of the story. Whereas seven, you needed to change the beats of the story, <laughs> which is more major, That that's major, you know what? Minor changes, that's the correct phrasing for eight, minor changes in comparison to major changes in seven. What was wrong with seven, Mary? You know what? Seven ended when they found the Millennium Falcon. That that was it. Seven ended when they found the Millennium Falcon, and then there no, was a it bonus. Didn't. There was a bonus scene with Han. No, <laughs> that's not true. Oh, now before we move to your overall overall impressions, I have a question for you. Oh yeah. Yeah. So I'll I I actually have a list of the changes I would make to this movie, but ignoring the changes. Let's pretend you pulled the opening of Seven and the Han scenes from Seven. And you know, writer's magic worked it into eight. Would that have been a better beginning to this new trilogy? Oh God, that is a good question. <laughs> um, well, at least you could have had the shot of having the main trio together. Right! Sorry. No, that's I'm, fine. I'm still, I'm still really sore about that. I'm really sore about that. Oh my god, and it would have been so bloody easy too. Um here here's the thing. I honestly believe um the reason that we didn't get that is Harrison Ford said, right, okay, okay. If I come back and I do this, I'm you're killing back me. Yeah. I'm only coming back for one. And you're killing me. Yep. The only way I'm doing this, the only way I'm doing this, the only way I'm getting paid up the nose. Um, so basically what, what I think is episode seven is basically the new cast and Harrison Ford. <laughs> yes. Carrie yeah. Fisher was there, but she was, yes. Mark Hamill had a cameo at the end, but it's really the main cast and Harrison Ford. Episode eight. Again, there's a lot more division, but the main cast and Mark Hamill. Like, this is the Mark Hamill movie. And had she have lived through it, Nine would have been the main cast and Carrie Fisher. But I, I also... I think, think that's what they were going for. That is what they were going for, but I have my own commentary on that. But we'll get to that in Nine. We'll get to that really? in Nine. Really? I, I can't wait for that. You, appro you approved of that. I actually way. really do. We, we, we are oh, going we on the record here. What I say in nine is actually pre-approved by Nathan. Yes. Oh, God. Uh, oh, like, my God. Is it ever? I uh, never thought of what I never thought of that before from that angle because I couldn't. There's there's no way I could. But anyway. What I overall impression? Overall impression. And then we'll get into the nitty gritty. I agree with you that it is the best of the sequel trilogy. I'm with you there. It is. It doesn't commit a cardinal sin of being boring. It doesn't commit the sin of um, being not Star Wars and the fact that you're murdering everything that Star Wars stood for. I get that. It is not. It is not a boring movie. It does not commit a cardinal sin of being bad. Um, as I say, going back and looking at this, um, particularly as it relates to Mark Hamill 
And uh, aside from R2-D2, Luke Skywalker is my favorite character in all of, in all of Star Wars. And knowing, knowing what I do about Mark Hamill and knowing his pathway in life and knowing what he's done with his career, it's amazing to see Mark Hamill back with Luke Skywalker, um, clearly giving it his all. That's that's the one thing that you can take away from this movie whatsoever, is that uh, A, this is Mark Hamill's best Star Wars movie and one of his best live action movies, bar none. It doesn't matter if he doesn't want to be there, he is giving it his all. And you can see that with every scene that he ends up doing. And it rubs off on Daisy Ridley. This is Daisy Ridley's best performance by far in episode eight. You can buy Ray. And part of that has to go with the writing. The other part of it has to go with Mark Hamill. As Miri has already said, you can totally buy everything that Luke Skywalker's gone through. You can buy everything that Mark Hamill's gone through. The Luke Ray stuff is fantastic. I, I distinctly remember. Do you feel it? I do. That's the force. I feel it. I feel it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You must be really strong with it. I mean, nobody's ever really. Bam. Bam. What? Bam. And you've also got some um, for, for those of you who are purists of four, five, six, you have that with Luke. You just have to wait for a little droid to come out and save the day. What you have to wait for R2D2 to come out and bring it out of him. And Mark Hamill is so smart that he's able to bring out the old Luke inflection just for that one scene with R2D2. And it's slight at first, but the closer, but the more that they interact, the further it comes out. And it's just great. And I think it's a great, um, I think it's a great metaphor for like the depression that Luke had to have been going through and the cynicism because even then there's always at the end of the day for those of you suffering with depression or mental health and i know it's really easy for me to say there's always a bit of light within the darkness and uh for luke skywalker i believe r2 teacher to be that light and damn does he do a good job he is devious he is dirty he is underhanded but he's doing it for all the best reasons in the world um luke kylo is the best lightsaber fight in all three movies and the reason that it's the best is because it harkens back to the old psychological days of the star wars lightsaber one of the few callbacks that they actually did because for the most part episode eight is its own thing it's wonderful to see um mark campbell just basically play a psychological mind trick on on um adam driver on kylo ren just playing the entire thing defensively playing the entire thing from a force projection whether or not you believe it or not or not and it helps you forgive uh some of the movies more egregious errors i thought the sound balancing wasn't there there was one scene in particular and i i'm pretty sure it's my setup i'm not sure there was one scene where um the way it was balanced i couldn't hear either daisy ridley or mark hamill's dialogue over the rain which was so before we got on we spoke about this and he pointed out yeah. the scenes to me and i was like i didn't have the yeah. same issue so yeah. i so we don't it, know what was going on there yeah if it it's, could have it could have been my sound balancing it could have just been um my frame of mind it could um, I, it could it could I, have, it could have, have been, been like my, my sound balancing yeah. too we don't know 
So we, we we don't know. Take that with a grain of salt. I could just tell you that's my overall impression. And I think uh, some of the biggest problems in this movie that aren't related to plot or character have to do with a lot of noise. There are uh, two specific scenes. One is where Ray is describing um, the force in her surroundings and how she feels. And there are these constant jump cuts to like heat or cold or the waterfall or the dark hole. And they're like constant jump cuts. And I, I, I hearken back to this point because it's one of the best things that uh, the original trilogy did in its simplicity at its finest. Daisy Ridley is giving her all to these lines. And in jump cutting, what you're actually doing is sure imagery for the kids. Yes, your contrast is great. Yes, they're shot well, but you are completely undercutting the message that Daisy Ridley is trying so damn hard to be able to portray. And you did it later with uh, Luke's final really hurrah to the um, to the um, like to the Star Wars universe, really. Can you imagine what it would be like if um, the last scene that Luke did, there were no jump cuts up until I will not be the last Jedi. And then it cuts to Ray. Just let Mark Hamill, the voice actor, the person whose job it is to convey an immense amount of emotion purely with his voice, be able to use every tool in his arsenal to give the performance of a lifetime, which by the way, he is doing without the cuts, without so, the simplicity. It um, gives better tribute to Luke. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you yeah. on those sections. I don't think it was necessarily done for the kids because it's a complaint I've had about film quite a bit is that yeah. they lean into uh, the three and five second rule. Yeah. And I think that's what we're seeing there is a bit of fear of using those long shots when appropriate, of focusing on a character when appropriate for longer than three to yeah. five seconds. And I, I think I think it goes beyond this movie <laughs> but i oh, agree with oh, you oh yeah no that no. that being said what i where i did like the editing was cutting between the different storylines i know at least in the first half it's, it it, it did made better. sense it did a way better job than 7 i think it was it trying to, it was trying to capture it was trying to capture capture underline capture it was trying trying to capture the the editing between the storylines that we saw in Empire Strikes Back. And I appreciate that they were trying to bring back the old school with the new school. I appreciate that they tried to do that. Does that make sense? Yep, it does. Um, next up, the plot line that I found was a bit weird on my initial impression. Obviously, we're just diving I've, into it right now. I've, I've, soft, I've softened my stance ever so slightly on this. Um, Finn and Rose, I will say, Good God, I love Rose. I, Ro- before, Rose before is we start, Before we start, where are you on the hashtag Finn and Rose ship? Um, girl? Are you serious? I know, but the people are don't. Are you serious? No, the are, people no, don't are know. you serious? Are you serious? Team Rose! <laughs> Team Rose all the way! <laughs> Would you, oh, do yes. I need to get you a t-shirt with Team Rose on it? Please! Please, Oh, actually. I'm gonna find one. Yeah. I'm gonna find <laughs> no, one. 
just just watch. You know, I'm gonna be doing the post mortem with Dean, and I'm gonna be wearing a giant Team Rose T-shirt now. It's Oh, oh, it would be oh if I could but find no. a rose pattern T-shirt with like, can, Team Rose on it. That'd be great. Like, like can you imagine? Uh, just, well, a the chemistry that uh, Finn and Rose have is better than the chemistry of Finn and Ray. Two, the love story is much more believable and much more well written. Three, Rose is a much more compelling protag than Ray could ever be. Sue me, I don't care. Um, and four. I'm sorry, but there's just so much earnestness between the two of them, regardless of how I feel about their scenes, um, regardless of how I feel about the casino thing, because I'm I'm not a huge fan of heavy social commentary, like ham-fisted social commentary in my sci-fi. I'm not like Miri in that way. I like I you can, to say ham-fisted, but you're will, okay with how it was presented in one and two. You were okay I, I with will, that was presented in one and two. I will say ham fist to yeah. you. Oh my you, god! You don't, you don't come out like you don't. You don't come out and say we must infiltrate Senate. Okay. Anyway. It, it anyway. But, Finn but, and Rose. But, yeah, Finn and Rose. But yeah, no. Uh, Finn, Finn and Rose are wonderful. Um, the character progression for both of them feels natural. Finn doesn't feel like too much of a poser. Um, after, you know, going with Rose for that casino scene. The casino scene makes sense from a character standpoint, makes sense from a narrative standpoint. Um, it's nice to actually see, um, yes, you had the obvious betrayal by the obvious actor, whose name I forget. Um, I, wait, guard. Benedicto del Toro. Uh, Benedicto del Toro, it's shoot, obvious. Shoot, I um, added, no, 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 Bene, Benedicto del Toro. That is how you say it? Am I getting the syllables right? I don't know. I don't know. Hello, mysterious editor who is with you. Shit, Miriam shit. Now. I'm sorry. It's Benicio del Toro. Benicio, Benicio del Toro. Del Toro. I'm Thank so you, sorry. miscellaneous editor. Yeah. Thank Yay. you. Benicio del Toro. Um, it doesn't really matter, um, you know, that he's obviously going to be the bad guy. There is a nice uh, red hair. There's two really nice red herrings in there. Number one, it's not him that gives them away. It's BB-8. Uh, and uh, two, when uh, giving up the uh, moon piece, that symbolism, A, Finn is the only one that's really protecting it. Rose just instantly wants to do the greater good, rip it off, give it to him. He gives it back because it's the best conductor. And then it's like, okay, that's a point where your guards let down so that when he actually does betray you, it makes it worse. Um, and the set design, whether or not I like the dialogue or the ham-fistedness whatsoever the set design solid it's really right. solid it's really right. nice like that that whole thing is really nice where the movie falls flat for me is poor poe dameron and uh stupid lay stupid flight school We're and that get entire storyline okay but, the, but no you're asking me about my overall impressions i'm telling you tale of three movies that's where it loses it for me it ah. absolutely loses it because um, A, this plan is so stupid that Leia would never do it. B, even if Leia were to do it, she would never ever not inform her high-ranking officers, regardless of how she feels about them, because it just leads to dissension and Leia would know that. So this entire plot thread could have been avoided and could have been cut, and it would have 
left basically nothing in the movie changed. Um, that that was where I had some of my changes, but I do want to go back and talk about like the sets were solid, the CGI was solid, the the costumes, everything was really solid. I love the fact that Ray finally gets full pants because oh. she would want those as somebody from a desert climate. That was a nice choice. I like the fact that we've given Ray normal hair instead of three buns. I don't understand why they did that other than space reasons. Okay, so I can help you out there. Hello, my name is Jennifer Engels. I'm a stylist. Okay, hello. Um, so <laughs> basically what happened is episode uh, four, five, six, well, episode four, we had Leia with the two buns, okay? And I was working with J.J. Abrams in episode seven, and he said, well, I want I want Ray to have three because Ray is better than Leia in every conceivable way, shape, or form. Like, ew, look at all these flaws Leia has. Yeah. Oh my god. But but so they have I, to be sloppy buns. They well yes, they had they had to be sloppy and messy. She's buns not a princess. She's she's not a princess. She's a slave girl. Oh my god. And then Daisy Ridley came to me and she's like, I'm not really a slave girl, I'm a scavenger. And then I said to her, Oh no, please, please, please. No, 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 no. You're going you're going with a fat job at a hut type guy to get your money. No, you're a slave girl. Oh my god. And so we fought about it for a little while and JJ Abrams, he, he came and he was like, Ray needs to have more buns than Leia and they need to be sloppy because Ray is grizzled and so beautiful. And so basically that's how we got it. You know, it, it's wonderful, really. Oh my God. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. Um, so those were positives. There was a lot more care put in that I I felt. Um, I know the 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 porgs were a a point of contention, but I want to point out I thought that was a very creative way to deal with puffins always being on set and being unable to be herded away. I thought that was a very clever way to deal with that, and the fact they got a subplot with Chewie. <laughs> they, oh. and it's a subplot without dialogue. And I, I don't know what it is about me, but but I'm a sucker for that too. I really am. Speaking of Chewie, I love how he busts down the door. Oh yeah! Like, what up, bitch? <laughs> Chewie, what are you doing? Where's Han? Just like full cool. Like this is the Kool Aid Man that will kill you. That, that was, it was, I am here for it. I am here for it. Missed, missed promotional opportunity, by the way, for, for Chewie to be the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> Hashtag Chewie for Kool-Aid man. <laughs> um, I, again, I, I love the subplot of Chewie and the Borgs. I'm sorry. I'm a sucker for that. I don't care. I will admit that. We get to see Chewie as a pilot. We get to see Chewie save the day as a pilot. Because who's piloting the Millennium Falcon? Ray's in the in the gunner like cabin. Chewie's the one piloting. And it's fantastic to get that. Finally to get that. Because we were kind of shafted in seven, not gonna lie. Uh, so it's great that we got that. I love the fact BB-8 has a personality and does more, like actually does more. Not the same as R2, 
Like this is not a new R2. BB-8 is his own thing. And he's learning, he's clearly very young. Um, he could use an R2, not C-3PO, but he <laughs> could use an R2. Um, but I love that they actually gave him stuff to do. I, I love that. Thank you. I keep blanking on his name. The actor of Poe. I really like that every time they're in oh, a scene. Oh, Oscar Isaacs. Yes. Every time they're in a scene together, you feel that he's genuinely happy. This is his droid. This is his buddy. You're seeing the beginning of of that like camaraderie friendship. And I appreciate the fact that he put that effort into it. I I completely agree with you on Luke. I love Luke in this. I think it's Easter. fantastic. I think it's fantastic. I love, love R2 playing hardball with Luke. That was the best. Great. That was, and the fact that Luke is even like, that was a low blow. Like, it was a cheap move. Um, I completely agree with you about Rose and Finn. They have a fantastic rapport. Um, it's great to see Finn going from this like blindly I must save Ray to suddenly understanding the the complexities of the universe to thinking self-sacrifice is the answer to being taught that there's more than self-sacrifice. There's a lot of peaks and valleys with Finn this time, which is nice. And a lot of that has to do with Rose. And yes. I think kudos to the actor there. She was she was given uh arguably a tough job coming in completely new like completely new into an already divisive trilogy and she did a fantastic job i love the progression of her character um and i also think this is the movie where for some reason i was getting the vibe rose from here and her progression puts her on the radar of the higher ups among the rebels such as leia and I feel that this is when we would have seen Rose being trained to come up through the ranks. And that was the vibe I was getting. We didn't get that in nine. And I would will talk have. About I, I will talk about that in nine because I have my own feelings about how it was a lazy choice not to do that. They're, I know we've said this already. They're wonderful. Like, tune into nine. <laughs> uh, uh. Yeah. Um, I. There's so much, um, before I get into my list of changes, because it bounces off of my last point about what I, I liked about the movie, um, shout out to Billy getting more to do and the fact that she really stepped up the acting game here. Uh, there were a couple times where she said certain things and she sounded just like Carrie Fisher, which was like a, a weird thing, uh, audio to here, but awesome at the same time. Big shout out to the comedy in the dialogue that worked. We've got I'm with the droid on this one from Leia. We've got that whole sequence of the, the hand hitting Nathan went through. We've oh. got I'm from nowhere. No one's from nowhere. Jack who? Okay, that's oh, that, pretty much nowhere. That's pretty close. Uh, um, I have seen your daily routine. You're not busy. There were some really good like that was so reminiscent of the the original and i think we went through like so many lines in empire that are like yep. iconic comedy and i felt that they were really trying to go for that here which was just lovely lovely to see i 
I'm going to move into what I would change. And this kind of brings up my criticisms of the movie, which I think go well now. Um, in terms of dialogue, there didn't really need to be any antagonism between, I cannot remember the character's name, so I apologize, between uh, Purple Lady and Poe. There was really no reason to have that. Um, you could have simply had it where all that was said was, we're going to an older rebel base. It still would not have changed Poe, Finn, and Rose wanting to do that contingency plan. They still would have wanted to do that because nobody likes the feeling of watching all of your assets getting slowly blown up and only having a straight route to safety. No, Nobody likes that feeling. So you could have taken out that level of antagonism and you nothing would have really changed. Uh, the slap and the stun by Leia, just judging by the beats of how it was done, I felt it was done for comedic effect and wasn't necessary. You could have lost it and still gotten the vibe. I do want to point out that Leia had issued over an open comm a direct order that we are going into light speed now, we are getting away, I want to preserve what assets we have, and I want to preserve people. And that was when Poe said, no, we're going to take out this ship. And at the end of the day, that is refusing an order by a commanding officer. So he would have still gotten the dressing down, but I don't agree with Purple not saying anything about the plan and i don't think that would have changed the plot beats at all and i don't agree with the slap and the stun because i felt it was done for comedic effect and it was unnecessary um and again you would have lost nothing oh here's the thing no, no shirtless kylo <laughs> like, that was unnecessary about... put a shirt on him <laughs> okay 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 first of all you do not deny the female fans of adam driver Hey, no, I, I sure. think that was the male fans of Adam Driver. Well, I have to tell if, you, he's a very John nice looking man. If John Oliver is anyone to go by, it was the male <laughs> fans of Adam Driver. Let's be honest here. Well, look, okay, Alan Rickman is dead, and we said this in episode seven. Adam Driver's the closest thing you're going to get to Snape. That is oh my, my justification. God. You just touched on a theory I had, a, a random theory. Oh, yeah? This is all Snape undercover in a different universe. Oh my god! <laughs> How does that change the movie for you? Well, I'm go I'm going to put I'm going to be putting it to you honestly. Is Snape still playing the long game? Is Snape still playing the long game? Like, there's a reason Leia continues to live. I mean, I guess is so, Snape yeah. playing the long game? Must be. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, I'm sorry, Han is expendable, Leia isn't. And when you kill off Han, only then will the Dark Lord trust you completely. You can bring Harry Potter to Snoke, knowing that you can save Potter if need be. You can bring Harry Potter to Palpatine or Voldemort, knowing, oh my god. Oh my god, there there are literally no flaws with this theory whatsoever. You know, you kind of have to unmute your microphone if you're going to be like, yeah, right? None. None at all. No, I, I agree. Um 
So I'm sorry. <laughs> Apparently, the shirtless Kylo was necessary. Absolutely was. And for these reasons stated by Nathan. I'm sorry, Nathan. And that's that is fine. Based on what you said earlier in your critiques, I assume you agreed with my last two changes. It doesn't change. Oh, yeah. Anything to the it, plot. Do- it doesn't change a damn thing. Not a damn thing. And here's the other thing. I'm sorry. You're in a war. <laughs> you're you're at, at the end of the day, you're in a war. Whether or not somebody has just been slapped, been giving a dressing down, demoted, whatever, over an open calm, which I've got a theory on that, but it's thin. It's razor thin. Um, like, whether or not that happened, and keyword being it did, you do not tell somebody in a war, or you do not keep people in the dark in a war, especially the, somebody who is a high-ranking officer. The only way that would make sense is is if there were suspicions of a mole but that never occurred yeah, that, that never, never occurred. occurred so that that's what i'm saying is to me these are small changes to make because it doesn't change the overall action or plot beats it do, it doesn't um apparently we're keeping shirtless kylo so there we go of course. uh in regards to the dressing down that um Poe gets because I know somebody out there is going to be like well he did that because light light speed tracking they didn't know at the time that Leia made the call to we're getting out of here go to light speed they didn't know they could track them through light speed so that doesn't work Um, and once again it's refusing an order from the superior officer. At the end of the day, as I'm sure we all know, when it comes to rank and job, you get dressed down, reprimanded if you don't do what you're told to do. For better or worse, whether you agree with it or not, that's simply how it works. And we have our own stories about that in that's, the workplace that we're not going into here. <laughs> no, but the, the fact of the matter is though, even if you got dressed down and reprimanded, you would never, unless there's suspicions of a mole, which you're right, you would never um, withhold that level no. of information from a commanding officer. So you've already got the feeling of dissension among the ranks because you have been dressed down, you have been demoted, um, and you're dealing with somebody who regardless is going to listen to you anyway. Of course you're going to be, like, of course you're going to jump to that logical conclusion that she is a mole, she is a rat, and you need to get rid of her for the good of your ship. Like, that seems like a logical way of thinking to me. And that could have been stopped by, like, 30 seconds. I wouldn't have changed the damn thing. Yeah, no, it wouldn't have. Um, My final change is if we're going to keep uh, the casino and everything there, for me personally, I... I like talking about the gray area, the people who profit from both sides of war. I like talking about it. I know Nathan has a different opinion, which is fine. It's fine. Yep. We already said that's, I think we already established that's where we're divisive on this. Yeah. And yeah. We've, we've spoken about it. Yeah, that being I feel... said, I felt that they should have expanded the character of the thief a little bit because he's kind of just thrown in there for plot reasons 
Yeah. And, and it just, I felt we could have used, a, especially since the actor they got could have done that. We know yes. the actor is very capable of it. Uh, it also would have been nice to make it, um, to have him play us a little bit. Like, be the nice guy well, and make that turnaround happen more drastically. Well, he did to an extent. Like, no, we to, saw an extent, that, to an extent, but I'm saying pump it, pump it. Yeah. Up. Let's pump it up a bit more. Uh, so that that's what I would change. I don't think that Nathan disagrees because I feel that came off of a lot of your critiques. I feel I feel like I feel like the pilot. I, I feel like the pilot, the hacker that they got. Um, I'm with you there. Um, once again, if you're going to if you're going to keep the casino, like I get that you like going into the gray area. The people who profit off of things don't have that dialogue there. Just have just have them look or. Oh, do you have, mean the dialogue on the balcony? Yes. Okay. The, the two, like you can keep all of your this, commentary. This there. entire time, I thought you were talking about the kids. I didn't realize you were I talking about mind. the balcony. I don't. Yeah, you I don't could. Mind you, you could take that out, and it yeah, doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't destroy. It, does, it, does, it doesn't change anything, and yet your commentary is still there. You know what? And I'm actually. I'm going to agree with you on that. And you can still have your kid, and you can still have your slave children, and that's fine. Your commentary's still there. Just take out that balcony scene entirely, and your whole thing flows a lot better. And then you have something that's a lot more subtle than something that is just ham-fisted in there by Rose. Yeah. You don't need the ham-fisting there. If you want it to be overt, that's fine. It's, it's the same problem that I have with somebody like Snoke versus somebody like, let's say, Palpatine. Throughout all of Palpatine's run as big, bad, evil guy, for lack of a better word, he's not necessarily evil. He's just got a different point of view. That different point of view is of mass genocide, which in itself is an evil act, but he didn't come out there. He didn't come out there in any point and say, like, I'm evil. I, I'm sorry. I just, I to. love. <laughs> he has a different point of view. It's a different point of view of mass genocide, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And mass genocide in itself is a very evil act. But he doesn't come out there and say it's evil. It's the same as Anakin Skywalker saying that he wants a dictatorship. It's not necessarily evil when it comes from Anakin's point of view, which is slowly being warped by Palpatine. But it is there, and we as a society can realize, for the most part, that can be evil, believe it or not. Snoke comes out there and is basically like, I'm evil. Yeah, I I am very stereotypical black and white villain. Here I am. No. So now that you've started on Snoke, I'm going to say I think we we did some good discussion on Luke. We've got Yoda. We talked about Chewie. We talked about um, Poe, Ray, Rose, Finn. Uh, we talked about R2 and BB-8. So do you want to dive into talking about Snoke? Because I have some questions. Go ahead, ask away. So in seven, I said, I don't get why Snoke is here. In eight, I kind of get it. And I actually would have preferred our introduction to Snoke to happen here. Um, because I, 
let me put it this way. I can accept an evil character if it's just like, no holds bar, here they are, blah, blah, blah. We are dropping you in this story. You run with it. Do you know that attitude of yeah. we drop you in and you run with it? Yeah, I don't mind black and white evil. Just don't do it in Star Wars. Yeah. Um, but that, like, th- like that being Vader, said, like Vader I, is Vader is overtly evil, but there's a big difference in that he's not relishing the fact of being evil. He's relishing the fact of being a giant jerk with a lot of power. I thought you How? were going to say a badass Mamma Jamma. Yeah. Oh, oh, <laughs> he, he is also a badass Mamma Jamma. Um, Palpatine is very, very evil, but he doesn't go around saying I'm evil. He's going around being a crazy cracker who shoots lightning out of his <laughs> Yeah, I, but I don't... I, I like that Snoke was there to die. I like that Snoke was there to represent this thing for Kylo, where it's like, you're doing it wrong. They're doing it wrong. Everybody's doing it wrong. I'm going to make you all do it right. Like, I, I got that. So I would have liked less Snoke, if that makes sense. And just just drop me in when Kylo sees him. Does that make sense? Just, just drop it in when Kylo sees him. Kind of like what they did here. But again, I just, I don't see the purpose to Snoke because you could have gotten the same thing from Kylo killing Ginger General. Hux, his name is Hux, he has a name. Ginger General. Um, Hux, <laughs> Ginger his name General. is Hux, he has a name. That being said though, I understand that eight he, was saddled with what seven started. So you had he, to have he, Snoke he, in there. Can we call him Hux the Gingivitis Ginger General? Yes, Hux the Gingivitis Ginger General. Who is he more upset with, Kylo Ren or Tooth Decay? Who knows? (laughs) Kylo Ren represents Tooth Decay. Ah, my toothbrush against your lightsaber. Hux, how did you get so powerful? Through the power of fluoride. (laughs) (laughs) And this is why Nathan likes it when I get a sugar rush. (laughs) It's Um, true. So... I, I just, I don't, let me put it this way. I would get Snoke being here if I didn't know what was going to happen in nine. There you go. There we go. That That's so, that's how so, I feel. That's how I feel about Snoke. Nine ruins Snoke for her. What about you? Like, <laughs> like I, like I say, um, I really didn't think Snoke needed to be there. Period. No. Well, like I said, we could have like not like not even gotten... knowing, not even knowing what happens in nine. Snoke doesn't need to be there. No. Like it could have been Kylo versus uh, Gingivitis guy. Like, <laughs> and that would have made sense with why Hux is being so insubordinate with him all throughout. Like seriously, yeah. Hux through seven and eight, you get severe Grand Moff Tarkin vibes. And, <laughs> and um, but when we go from there, yeah, okay, I have one final note on Snoke that I thought you'd like, and I wrote this while I was watching it. <clears throat> Again, I don't understand the purpose of Snoke other than for Snoke. I think it would have been more powerful without Snoke. Yep. <laughs> that, that was my note. 
But when we go from Snoke, we now jump over to Kylo, and I have something to say. The time when he has a hissy fit here should have been the first time because it works. Yep. This should have been the first time we see him unhinged. <sighs> yep. Countless adats should have died. Excuse <laughs> those poor defenseless computers. <laughs> But th- this should have been the first time we saw him lose his cool because this is the time where he's killed so many, he's sacrificed so many, and still it's never enough. And so you see that break in the that beginnings of dissension in him. Yep. And it makes sense here to do it. And it comes from the perfect person you'd want to screw him over. Let's yeah. go, Luke. Uh, no, it, it's perfect. It makes sense. Uh, And chill, your mother's going to escape now. Yeah. (laughs) And guess what? Guess what? The the girl you're going to try so hard to turn to the dark side. Guess what? She's not going to be here when you get to her. (laughs) I'm also, hands off my droid, bitch. Take 3PO with you, please. (laughs) (laughs) Um... (laughs) Hey, look, it's your daddy's dice! How do you you feel, sonny boy? You killed him, but he still lives within you, just like me. Old Uncle Lukey. (laughs) (laughs) You're so evil, it's great. It works so well, though. It does. It does. Uh... I'm saving Kylo, a better Kylo. (laughs) I'm saving the Leia flight school for when we talk about Leia. Stupid Leia, stupid. But I want to mention the fact that I love the hesitation about killing his mom and the fact that he can't do it. I love that moment. Oh, look at you getting all sentimental. Is it because it's your mother, kiddo? Oh, Maria, I, I get that too. She's a lovely lady. Did I, did I ever tell you she kissed me first? No, seriously, you hate your daddy. You're gonna love this story. Uh, so <laughs> I already mentioned shirtless Kylo, which apparently has to stay. Nathan, has yes, to it does. It must stay. It does. It must stay. So in that case, I do have a side note about why it makes sense to be there. Okay. Using his shirtlessness as an intimidation tactic is so over the top and emo, it just fits. Right? Like, I'm like, fine. That's my half-assed justification. I am naked and I can still whip your ass. Essentially. So, I liked how they didn't push to me they did not push a love angle between Kylo and Rey. They pushed a two sides of a coin thing between them. And this this notion that the two sides of the force have to join, not in a romantic way, to balance each oh. other out. And then, oh, but it's very romantic. No, it's not. They're slicing through with so much care, destroying them all like butter. It's like Thanksgiving. <laughs> Thanksgiving with the Force. Oh, and then we had the Star Wars Holiday Special. I want the sequel trilogy Thanksgiving Special. 
Oh my god, we should do a commentary while we watch the holiday special. I've no, never seen it. I've never it's seen awful. it. It's okay. awful. I don't want to. Okay. It makes Nine look like Empire. Um I have a side I have a side note in my notes about Ray uh Kylo. So Is it about Kylo or is it about Ray? Who knows? Both. That's because they're joined together. Not romantically. I don't know. I feel that anybody who says that there were, that it was like a romance between the two in this movie, say it because, oh my God, it's a boy and a girl and Kylo was shirtless because that's the, that's it. Other than that, it's a Dance kinship. with a Kylo. Oh my dance God. with a Kylo. Dance the dance of life. <laughs> You're so creepy. But I love it. Um, right? When he asks Ray to join him, when he we are, asks Ray to join him. Okay. We are seeing, because remember, when Kylo left Luke, he took, he killed a lot of Padwans, but he took Padwans who decided to follow him. And I feel that when he's asking Ray to join him, we're seeing a glimpse into how he got those Padwans to follow him. You know, Tyler joined me, I'm dead. <laughs> Um, but just, just the, do the entire rest of the review like this, just because I think it's funny. <laughs> just the glimpse into his, um, using powerful emotions, if that makes sense. Yes, and the fact that like the, the Kylo, emotion. I did want more about the Kylo death squad. I wanted you to wanted understand more about Kylo. No, the death squad, Kylo's death squad. Like, are they friends? Do they have lunch together? Like, do they train together? That type of thing. What did Kylo pack you? Roast beef on rye. Damn. All I got was pastrami. I'm looking to deflect. Did you say deflect or defect? I said deflect. I meant defect. We've got a defector here! I just completely thrown you. And it's yeah. wonderful. So those those are my thoughts on Kylo. Um, I actually liked what they did with him here. Also, shout out to Phasma coming back. I felt that the fight- grand total of 10 minutes. Uh, I I liked that we got to see her fight. I don't like the fact that it was so short. I I wanted that you have to understand in the advertising Phasma was built up so much and we got like nothing. So I appreciated the coming back. I didn't appreciate the the KO by only Finn. So da, 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 da. is there anything you want to say about Kylo in this movie? Uh, no, absolutely not. He's a good kid and I hope nothing but the best for him. <laughs> All right. Troubled. Finally, we're gonna Finally. talk. We're gonna talk about Leia in this movie stupid and stupid Leia, right, stupid flight school, and then move into the flight school. I want to talk. So about I think we already now. touched on stuff about like 
the slap didn't have to be there. The stun didn't have to be there. I did feel that some the of them- didn't have to be there for like over an hour of the movie because oh, it totally you. makes sense. Screw you. Um, I did feel that a lot of her lines had a heavy implication to them, such as uh, dead heroes, no leaders. There's a lot of a weight to many of her lines, which was appreciated. There is I'm a rumor- i droid on this one. Yeah, that, and the humor, her humor was back. Um, which was lovely. Um, I have a, I liked how we had moments for her force connection, her force connection with Kylo, her force connection when she suddenly realizes the tracking through the light speed. I, I liked that we had that started creeping in here. And I have a theory for why it did, which we'll get to after Stupid Leia's Stupid Flight School. So, Stupid Leia's Stupid do, Flight School. Do you want me to let you rant and then tell you the two alternatives I have to see what you think? Or do you want me to give you the two alternatives first? You know what? Give me the two alternatives first. I'm, <clears throat> I've got to get my notes up for this anyway. Okay. And actually, I kind of want to let you rant. Oh, I kind of want to let you rant. Oh, look at that. You, you give me a choice and then you take it away. What a surprise. <laughs> I know, right? It's like stupid Leia's stupid flight school. Okay, so here's my problem, kiddies, and I can tell you this because I've been to space. Okay? You have, Nathan? Who is Nathan? He's Fine, Joker, now. you've been to space. Oh, absolutely. All right. Let her rip. Go. Okay. So, kiddies, she's blooded to the deep vacuum of space. There is no oxygen, no center of gravity, and most importantly, she's not a Jedi. There is no reason to have stupid Leia's stupid flight school. It's not how the force fucking works. You can't expect me to believe that Leia, the not Jedi, could survive A, a laser fire that wrecks millions of dollars worth of equipment, B, something that sends her hurtling towards deep space, C, leaves her unconscious, and D, in some way, in some shape and form, have her be absolutely A-okay, cock-a-doody fine. And I mean, it's not even the case where you have something like, like, you don't even have something to will in there. She just like, she just like gets up. No, you wouldn't do that. You, you wouldn't be that unless you're a celestial being, which already means you're bloody dead. Seriously, this should have been the perfect time to just ax Carrie Fisher. If you're gonna ax her, ax her now. Stupid layers, stupid flight school. This is this is one of the things that the Star Wars fan base is like, okay, that's a bit too far. That's laughably bad. That's a betrayal of everything. And it's one of the few times where I am totally like, you got it, Charlie. I'm right there with you. Bam, bam. Thank you, man. Throws some acid on that fire. I don't think you want to be with Charlie. Charlie is an incel who pees into bottles in his mom's basement. Now you tell me. How exactly do you? You know, I don't like to talk about my relatives, but... So that's why you talked about Chuck E. Cheese so much. <laughs> Seriously, she talked about taking a kid to Chuck E. Cheese. I thought, oh, sweet. 
The kid's gonna have an awesome time! Instead, no, apparently not. Do you have anything else to say on this rant before I give I, you alternatives? Actually, as a matter of fact, yes, yes, I do. There should have been no conceivable way that Leia would have known this stuff. Absolutely no conceivable way whatsoever. I can believe that she's force sensitive. I can believe that she senses disturbances in the force, particularly as it relates to her connections. I can even believe that Luke taught her a thing or two about how to swing a lightsaber. I know I would have, but seriously, this is absolutely crazy. The force is energy all around you. It surrounds you, it penetrates you. It cannot penetrate you to the point where you can use it to save your life in a vacuum of space, ignoring all of your vital organs. That's all I have to say on the matter. Star Wars is grounded in reality for God's sake. <laughs> I'm sorry you lost me the moment you said that. <laughs> <laughs> and they say I'm crazy. Okay, so I I now have to back up. I like that this nice stupid latest stupid That wasn't what I was going to talk about. Because I think that Gary Fisher is the best. I like this idea of separating people who are in tune and can use the force from the religion of the Jedi. I if you're gonna call like Jedi it. religion, then you have to prop they, up one, two, three. Then fine, I will prop up one, two, three, because that's what they push throughout this is that even Luke said calls it a religion here. So if we're calling it a religion, uh, I would say that. Uh, you know, I didn't do this to you when I let you rant. I know, but I'm doing it to you because I'm a douchebag. Yeah, so anyway, I I like that. I have zero problem with it. I want to see, because I'm anti-religious, so I, I like separating it. That's my personal bias. Now, onto the options. <clears throat> Option one, the explosion will happen in seconds. Leia uses the force to kind of hold these fractured parts of the ship together, letting the others escape. She, if you notice in the blocking, she's the closest to the door. When she releases, obviously that releases energy, flying her backwards and causing her to like, I don't know, arbitrary hit of head, whatever. Either way- Arbitrary hit of head! Yeah. Which would explain the whole head bandages. Yes. I would explain the head bandages. Also, um, because she used that level, you still get the same fainting going to medical. She's out of it, which means Purple and Poe have this antagonistic relationship that we already said didn't need to be there. But if you wanted to keep it, you could. And yeah. Start calling him Robin and see how far that gets you. Now, second option. If only Leia is meant to be alive because that's how purple gets in charge. If only Leia is meant to be alive, remember, she is the closest to the door. She could have tried. We could have had her try to hold the ship together, get distracted by Kylo and burst. We could have had all of this stuff, or we could have had something like she's able to maintain um, 
a bubble around herself, or she does the whole, you still have the hand thing where she uses the force to draw herself in, but she starts that process right as the explosion happens and draws herself into the hallway right before the doors close. So there are options here is what I'm saying. And I think I've accidentally presented you with like five options. So (laughs) sorry about that, but there you go. There are options is what I'm saying. But I'm stupid, Lace. Stupid flight school. Well, if you want to keep the flight school, fine. We can keep the flight school. I'm not keeping the flight school. Well, I gave you I'm other ki- options and you said I'm you wanted the flight killing. school. No, I do not want the flight school. But you I gave completely you options. And it. you're saying and you're they're all more conceivable than stupid, Lace. Stupid flight school. But you're Nobody saying you aren't acceptable. So clearly you want Nobody the flight school. Nobody wants to keep the... Yeah, here's an idea. Why don't you just axe off Leia? because it's not the right time for her to die. I'm sorry. And you think the time for her to die was when she died? No, I think the time for her to die was side by side with Luke. There you go, I can live with that too. Yeah. Um. Now then, I decided to be an asshole. Oh, here we go. I what did a res- surprise. I we did call research. this Friday. I did research to justify the flight school. Oh, for the love of God. Firstly, Star Wars is sci-fi fantasy, not sci-fi, meaning the laws of physics do not apply. Secondly, even if the laws of physics did apply, if you notice, they say repeatedly throughout the nine movies, the force binds the universe together. Now, as we all know, in the universe, even in the empty vacuum of space, there is radiation. What is radiation? It's energy. The force is commonly paralleled with energy, which means she absolutely had stuff to use. Also, she was beside spaceships, which all had energy that she could have drawn upon. Seconds before the explosion happens, there's a reaction. She knows something's about to happen. So she puts herself down into this almost stasis bursts out energy and goes back into that stasis again. Uh, Yeah, so there, I did research on it. There you go. You can justify it if you want because you clearly didn't like my other options. You clearly don't want Leia to die. You don't like my other options. You don't like Leia dying. You want the flight school, so I've justified it. (laughs) What the hell? No, I don't want the flight flight school. school. I have never said I wanted the flight school. And by the way, with your options, hell, we could add another one. 3PO could have saved the day. There you go. 3PO could have saved Leia. Could 3PO have died here? Please! Could we have had There's 3PO no die here? There's no reason to have him be on here. I know what he does in 9. It's absolute bullcrap. Oh my God. Leia leaves the room, tells C-3PO, just make sure that this gets done because she knows what's about to happen and she leads to the death of 3PO. See, this is what happens here on Star Wars Legacy of the Force. I show up as a guest host and we blow your minds. <laughs> uh, the one thing I want to say finally is if I start treating this as part of 7, 8, and 9, I wish this team had been allowed to give Leia her send off because Han got the send you may not agree with how Hong got his send off, but it was exactly what Harrison Ford wanted. 
they gave him what he wanted in Seven. Luke's send-off is beautiful. It is very beautiful. Leia was shafted. Leia did not have to be shafted. And we'll get to that in Nine. But I do wish that we had decided to have the twins do a side-by-side thing. Now, I have questions, queries, conundrums to ask you. And I think you're me. Yes, and I think you're gonna hate this. Really? Yes, I think you're gonna really hate this. Go on, you say with such a smile on your face, I can't say no. No, I mean I mean literally it's in my contract. I can't say no to this. So throughout there's this force connection between Ray and Kylo. Throughout it's happening. Now, if if we were to treat this as the beginning movie, I would prefer it. Also, heads up, I would prefer if Ray's big show of the force was that first moment meditation with Luke. I would uh, with uh, yeah with, with a whack? Skywalker. I'm totally with you on the whack job. The the cracking that happens. I would like. I would have liked if that was her first show of using force. Not the whack job with the grass. Which comes after the whack job. Anyway, <clears throat> there's a force connection. They don't know how it's happening. For some reason, I get this veiled impression <clears throat> that it's not the force connecting them. It's not them connecting them. It's them being put together. Forgetting what is revealed in nine, forgetting that. It feels like there's an implication that Leia is the one forcing them together, knowing that they represent the two sides of the force. And that she's doing and that she's doing this weird. Leia's the new palpatine, folks. All we need now is Carrie Fisher going, good, good. I'm talking about in the context of the movie, it feels like they're implying that, which if we believe what nine was supposed to be, which was supposed to be this big send off, this big reveal about Leia would make sense. They ended up being super lazy in nine and explained nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, in fact, they made it more confusing, if memory serves. Uh, but that's what it felt like they were trying to foreshadow here. And I want to know is if that is what they were trying to foreshadow here, what does that mean? Like, what What was the game plan for justifying that? I don't want to talk about why it's a bad idea. I want to talk about what do we think they would have done to justify that? What was the big reveal in okay, that was so, supposedly supposed to be in nine? All right, so uh, number, number one, number one. Do you want me? Do you want me to? Because there's two ways I see this question, honestly. And I, I, you know, I'm not. I'm not even talking about Joker. I can. I can drop the voice if you want. I'm not going to because it secretly pisses you off. But um, yes, I know. I can feel your anger. It doesn't piss me off. Oh, okay, perfect. Makes it even better then. Let's have some laughs. Uh, number one, um, do you want me to go the, do you want me to go the love story route or do you want me to go the ultimate evil route? I personally don't believe it's a love story. 
this okay, movie. So I just uh, okay. So we're gonna start with the love story. Just let me get my notes up here. <laughs> I actually, I actually wrote out the. I actually wrote out this love story here. Um, so th- this ba- this basically holds true for both eight and nine. Uh, and it, it explains why you know Ray and Kylo have this connection, and it, it's basically um, most conversations go down like this. Uh, you know, Ray says to Kylo, "Your dead dad was so hot. Why did you kill him?" Kylo says, "Your dead parents are so dead. Whatever happened to them?" Wait, don't say it. Then Ray says, "I don't know. I've been busy with your mom." Kylo says, well, I'm still coming after you. Ray says, the hell you are! Then they have the whole stop it, flirty banter thing. It's it's kind of weird. But but really, both of them have intense familial connections at that point to Han and to Leia, because you have to you have to understand, Kylo was not on or sorry, Ray was not on Kylo's radar up until the point when Han Solo first met Ray and really bonded with her. It's the one bond he never had, his father's love. And the more that you go on, and the more that you see the familial bond grow for Ray, the more Kylo wishes for it and yearns for it. That's why we get more force connections with his old uncle Lukey and his mama Leia. Ray was always the golden child. So really, you're talking about this false connection. Really, it's all based out of pure spite and jealousy. And there's only a thin line between love and hate. I mean, obsessive love and hate. Sure. <laughs> Unhealthy love. And you're saying that Kylo? Okay, okay. Honestly, other than Han and Leia, when did Star Wars ever do healthy love? Point taken. So what is the non-love story? Non-love story is simple. Just imagine it. Luke accidentally turns Ben Solo to the dark side and it drives Leia crazy. She allows Ben to build up the First Order to the point where it's near unstoppable. Only one woman can even try. She allows Ben to bring forward the First Order so that she can feel relevant again. General Organa is what Palpatine became. The ultimate big bad of the sequel trilogy. I almost thought you were going to say um, General Leia became what Palpatine wished he was. <laughs> what, you mean fabulous? Uh, fabulous and the ultimate villain of the sequel trilogy. <laughs> but see, airtight. Interesting. So... I know everybody's gotten used to me and my wild theories and ideas at the end. However, we're saving those for nine because nine is going to be a severely different format for us. Very different. 
not just because it's the last one, but because that's the only way it doesn't turn into a three-hour complaint fest. So. I don't mind the complaint fest. I'm sure the listeners don't want to hear three hours of it, though. You don't want to hear three hours of my sultry voice? <laughs> so, anyway, you we, we are saving pigs. You all. people and pigs! We're saving all of uh, Miri's wackadoodle theories for the sequel trilogy for an hour. Wackadoodle cockadoodle! Yeah, and I'm sure Nathan will love them all and want them to be added in, just like how he very much appreciated me justifying Leia's flight school so that it could stay in the movie. Did that is a lie! You didn't like any other option. You didn't I like any did option. I didn't like option! No, I you wanted did. the flight school. You no, wanted I did wanted not! It. You're lying to the people! Why must you lie, Yuri? Why must you lie to me? To make sure that you can feel that you're still alive. Are you having fun yet? <laughs> uh, and with that, take it away, Nathan, for our closer. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, thank you so much for listening to Star Wars Legacy in the Force, Episode 8. I have called some Dr. J. <laughs> and if you want to listen to any more of Mary's ramblings, or you want to commission us to do voiceover work for you, or any other sort of work that doesn't involve actual manual labor or any kind, you know, labor that isn't really labor, contact us at www.deathpixie.ca. Also, we, we must stress there are plenty of jobs that don't involve physical labor that are actually labor. We're not up for those either, but the ones that are fun, <laughs> we are so on board. Uh, thank you so much for listening to Star Wars Legacy of the Force. And as always, it's as we tell you, if you like these movies, whether or not we think they're dumpster fires, or in Miri's case, whether or not we think they're the best movie in the world. I wasn't the one who wanted the flight school. You are a dumpster. I hate the flight school! Everyone knows I hate the flight school! You made school. me justify it! No, I didn't! I did it all! You were like, oh, I'm gonna justify this just to piss them off! That's because you, you asked me to! I did not ask you to do school. it! I did not! I did not! And you know I did it! Anyway, well, we'll, we'll leave it up for our viewers to decide. Anyway, what was I? Uh, yes, thank you to Final Cut Presents and Director's Cut Podcast, Dean and Mel, for allowing us to have the freedom to be able to do this. And of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you like this movie, go ahead and like it. Star Wars Legacy of the Force is just a way that we can go and talk about how much we love the series. Tune in later. Tune in next time. But when we talk about how much we hate the series and want to rub it into the ground. Zoe has been Dr. J on behalf of Nathan, on behalf of Mary, on behalf of Star Wars Legacy in the Falls. Signing off. Da-da-da-da-da! da 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 da